This is Greg. I'm super happy to be here today, and I finally have some fun, good, exciting news to share with everybody. We got some great case law that's going to impact a lot of New York claims, and uh, that's always fun to share. So I did change the topic of today's discussion to focus on these cross-border medical disputes where your New York workers' compensation case is getting dragged into another state's uh, workers' compensation system over medical billing disputes. So if that sounds like something that's happened to you, uh, you're in the right place. And I'm very happy to have this conversation with you because it's so rare as a workers' comp defense attorney that you actually get to report on a new case-level decision or uh, appellate-level decision which impacts our cases in a way that benefits the employer or carrier. So I'm going to be talking today about the new case. I also put a link to this case uh, in the chat, which you can copy, paste, and spread amongst all your friends. In fact, uh, when you go to a cocktail party this weekend, you are going to be the toast of the town if you bring a copy of that uh, appellate level decision with you. So I'm going to talk about this new case. I'm going to talk about how it uh, happily impacts uh, our New York workers' compensation case inventory. Uh, and I'm going to try to provide as much practical advice as I can about how this is going to apply in your cases. Uh, so I'm going to try to make this as concrete and um, useful as I can. Uh, this is completely and totally live. This joy that you're seeing is happening in real time. So please participate. Uh, type in a question. I'll be very happy to answer as we go. At the very end, I'll answer all the questions that I can get to. Uh, this is our second session today of this topic, and um, we had a lot of good questions this morning. So uh, here's my afternoon session, guys. I'm challenging you to ask more questions, make it more fun. All right, so let's talk a little bit about what the heck it is that I'm so jazzed about right now. Uh, first, uh, there are these things called medical provider claims, and you'll get them in New Jersey workers' comp courts. And you're saying, Greg, but I'm here for the New York webinar. Uh, the reason we're talking about this is because this is that rare opportunity, this rare time when one state's appellate division makes case law that's going to affect the other state, and it's going to affect New York in a big way. Uh, so here's what happens. Uh, in New York, in New Jersey, about 20% of all of the filings in the entire New Jersey workers' compensation system are medical providers who are demanding reimbursement or payment uh, uh, of higher medical fees. And the reason they could do this in New Jersey is because New Jersey does not have a medical fee schedule like other neighboring states. And so uh, the medical providers in New Jersey claim that they are entitled to something called usual and customary. And that means whatever they damn well demand. Uh, and oftentimes they're demanding huge amounts of payments for medical treatment that in other states uh, with a fee schedule will be worth almost nothing. Um, Medical provider claims are filed in New Jersey, and they are venued in the New Jersey Workers' Compensation Court. Uh, they are claims for typically a medical provider, oftentimes orthopedic surgeon, ambulatory surgery center, demanding much higher payments than what you, the carrier or employer, have already paid. New Jersey has now a six-year statute of limitations on these cases, so you may even close your New York Workers' Comp file. You think the thing is dead and buried, and lo and behold, a medical provider claims comes forward for treatment that was rendered three, four, five, six years ago. So it really jams up our cases. Now, in uh, the real world, these things uh, generally get resolved by way of settlement. Uh, and I'm going to talk about the problems of that. But if you've been resolving or settling your New Jersey medical provider claims that arise from New York uh, workers' comp claims, uh, you're in for some good news. First, stop settling them. You should just get dismissed. 
And we may even be able to go back and open up any of these pending cases you have and get those payments down to zero. So this will be very useful for you. So what the heck is it that I'm talking about? Uh, if you've been following along, you know that yeah, a medical provider can sue you in New Jersey, but how? Uh, arising from a New York workers' comp case. Well, I'm going to give you an example uh, that will help explore this or explain this. I'm going to be, uh, I like to talk about myself, so we'll talk about uh, me. Uh, a couple of years ago, I injured my left knee. I was on a uh, haunted hayride with my kids, and I uh, uh, jumped down and hurt my knee, and I actually ended up tearing my meniscus. Uh, my physician, orthopedic surgeon, great guy, did great work, says, hey, Greg, we could do this surgery in the hospital, or, Greg, you could come to my ambulatory surgery center. Now, I have to disclose to you, Greg, I'm a partial owner of this facility, uh, but, you know, if we do it at my place, uh, my anesthesiologist that I work with all the time will be attending, as well as my operating room nurse, and, you know, Greg, you probably just want to do it at my place. I don't care. And so I said, sure, I'll go to your ambulatory surgery center. And so that question, your place or mine, uh, happens a lot when it comes to medical care. Uh, now, this was a private matter. Obviously, it wasn't a workers' comp claim, so who cares, right? Who cares where I got the uh, procedure done? But it does matter in regards to New York workers' comp claims because I have seen cases, in fact, I went to a file review last week in which the claimant uh, was uh, injured in New York, works in New York, and lives in New York. In fact, she lives in Brooklyn. But when it was time for her four-level cervical fusion surgery, her physician sent her to get the surgery in Jersey City, New Jersey. Why did they do this? Well, uh, they do it because the fee schedule, does. Uh, they've been arguing that it doesn't apply in New Jersey. So a simple surgery like mine, my left knee meniscal repair, performed arthroscopically. Uh, what was I on? I was probably under anesthesia for 25 minutes. We're talking about a no blood surgery. You're talking an arthroscopic procedure. Under the New York fee schedule, uh, that procedure would reimburse the facility $5,800. Uh, here's what the New Jersey medical provider would bill for that. Uh, about $61,000. So, and if you're doing the math, it's about 10 to 1. This is typical. So we have this uh, medical provider that's treating people in New York, and they're telling, affirmatively telling their patients, cross the river, go get your care in New Jersey. So this has probably happened to you. You've also probably seen it come from other states as well. Pennsylvania has a fee schedule. New Jersey does not. Uh, Connecticut uh, claimants getting treatment in New Jersey. Why are they doing this? Well, they're doing it because they can then demand that you pay New Jersey's usual and customary rates, and they've been making this argument that those cases should be heard in New Jersey under the workers' compensation law. Well, for the last eight years, since 2012, the New Jersey workers' compensation courts have been hearing these cases. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, they, we used to tell clients that there was this multiple-step process where they could file claim petitions, file civil actions. Uh, ultimately, after 2015, all of the medical provider claims were consolidated before the Division of Workers' Compensation. When that happened, you could guess the floodgates were open. And nowadays, one in five cases filed in the New Jersey Workers' Compensation Court is involving a medical provider claim, just simply saying, pay me more money. So we've got lots and lots of filings. We've got lots of extraterritorial disputes, and particularly here in my office, uh, we have a very large New York practice. We have a very large New Jersey practice. I got a lot of my New York clients who get dragged into a New Jersey workers' compensation court simply because the uh, claimant, uh, the patient, traveled into New Jersey just to get medical care. Um, now, remember, the treatment dates can exceed two years ago. In fact, they can be up to six years old. Uh, the claimant's attorneys in New Jersey that represent 
the medical providers have turned this into like a cottage industry and they would make all sorts of arguments to the judge of compensation essentially saying judge my poor New Jersey medical provider would be without a remedy judge if you don't hear this case and award them money and so what the judges would do would typically uh, offer them or you know try to settle the disputes you'd get some judges who would say all right let's try to you're demanding sixty thousand uh, dollars you know the uh, the carrier doesn't want to pay it how about you paying fifty cents of the dollar or 45 cents on the dollar. They try to mediate or broker some disputes. You'd have some judges say, I don't want to hear these things. These, this is not why I became a judge of compensation to mediate medical payment disputes. Get out of here or just adjourn the case a million cycles and never want to hear it. Uh, and then you'd have claimant attorneys saying, well, this judge down here in this part of the state is ruling this way. Can you find 50 cents on the dollar up here in this part of the state? So you get all sorts of crazy rulings going on around th the entire state. Um, and also, uh, clients were getting exposed, not my clients, because we're good at what we do, by lazy and inexperienced defense counsel, who when they would get one of these claims would just say, well, let's just pay 50 cents on the dollar. This is just a money dispute. Let's get rid of it. Uh, and that's a real problem. Now, the barriers to settling these things were that oftentimes the judges were unwilling to hear them or even conference them. Uh, again, the judge kind of saying, this isn't something I'm interested in. And so clients were being told the cases are getting adjourned 8, 10, 20 cycles, uh, which is a year of time, you know, to just get them off the judge's calendar. Parties not ready to conference the case, and this is particularly true with the applicant's attorneys who are just not ready to uh, present any proofs to show exactly why they were entitled to $60,000, $80,000, $200,000 for a single surgery. Um, again, defense counsel not holding people's feet to the fire. Uh, issues with extraterritorial cases, which is really what the New York workers' comp cases that have gotten dragged into the New Jersey courts for the issue of medical payments. And, of course, the knowledge gap. And the knowledge gap is really real. Uh, we're one of the few defense firms that's doing multiple state uh, workers' compensation defense. We really specialize in New York. And we really specialize in New Jersey. So we understand what a fee schedule is. We understand what was happening when um, you're litigating before the board. Well, not many New Jersey practitioners have that experience. And so they're going and telling the judge, well, this is how New York works or doesn't work. They're telling them all sorts of crazy things about how there's no remedy. Of course, there is. Uh, well, here's the good news, and this is what uh, I'm really excited about and why you see me so animated. On October 7th, 2020, New Jersey's Appellate Division decided the case of, uh, we're going to abbreviate to the Weinstein case. Actually, it was a group of cases. They issued one opinion to resolve them all. I've put a link in today's chat so that you can uh, get access to a copy of that decision. It's unpublished, but it's an appellate-level decision and therefore should have precedential value or an effect in all of the New Jersey workers' compensation courts. Essentially, the court in that case said, in order for the Division of Workers' Compensation in New Jersey to decide a medical provider case, the New Jersey Workers' Compensation Court has to have original jurisdiction or jurisdiction over the subject matter of the case, which is the accident or the injury. So the case would have to be compensable under New Jersey law in order for the Workers' Compensation Law Judge in New Jersey to decide the medical payment issue. This is a great decision for carriers, a great decision for employers. It's a terrible decision for all of these attorneys representing medical providers because it means, essentially, the fact that the uh, petitioner lives in New Jersey or the fact that medical treatment just happened to take place in New Jersey is insufficient for New Jersey to determine how much that of that bill should get paid. In other words, the, the court that should get that to make that decision is the New York Workers' Compensation Board. And what is the Workers' Compensation Board going to do when they get an out-of-state medical provider dispute? 
Well, generally speaking, they're going to apply the New York medical fee schedule, which we're very happy with. Uh, they will, in general, apply uh, the, uh, the regional adjustment based on where the claimant lives. If the claimant lives outside of New York, they will apply the place where the accident occurred. So this is very good for us. Now, let me give a very clear example, um, and I'm sure you can compare this probably to your caseload population and think, wow, this is going to affect a lot of my cases, because it, it certainly is affecting a lot of cases here. In fact, it's affecting hundreds of cases here, and I'll talk about the results we're getting already. Um, all right, so the case, the, the most common example would be New York workers' compensation claimant works in New York and has an accident in New York, but they live in New Jersey, and they're getting medical treatment in New Jersey. Uh, just remember, uh, if you're adjusting this case, you, of course, can call the New Jersey medical provider and tell them, hey, I'm only paying fee schedule. They might ignore you, and they might file one of these medical provider applications anyway. Uh, and that's typically what we'll see. We'll see the medical provider filing a claim for usual and customary. What does the carrier do in this situation? Well, the good news is they can now rely on this new case law to say, this should not belong in New Jersey. New Jersey has no jurisdiction. The only place where this medical fee dispute should be resolved is in a New York workers' compensation court. That's great. And how is a New York workers' compensation court going to resolve this? Well, first, New York has a fee schedule, so they should go by the fee schedule. Two, the fee schedule itself in, in Guideline 16 says we have jurisdiction over extraterritorial, out-of-state medical care. That's good. It's literally baked into the fee schedule itself. The fee schedule has specific instructions as to the conversion factor um, and to the relative value unit that will be applied to the CPT code. So yeah, they're going to weight that code a little bit um, uh, in order to make sure that the uh, medical provider is paid appropriately. But the most important thing to know is that the workers' compensation court has jurisdiction and keeps jurisdiction. Uh, so you should not be getting dragged into New, York, New Jersey workers' compensation cases. Now let me tell you why this is useful. This, this office is uh, defending hundreds and hundreds of medical provider claims in New Jersey. Not an exaggeration to tell you it's a huge percentage of the work we do in New York, in New Jersey, excuse me. And of that, I've got a huge percentage of cases where the claimant's a New York workers' comp claimant, and they just happen to live in New Jersey or just decided to go get medical care in New Jersey. Great example. Uh, literally just happened. I have a Brooklyn resident, Brooklyn accident, uh, who needed a four-level cervical fusion, uh, was sent by her doctor to Jersey City, New Jersey, to have a four-level fusion. Why you would do this makes no sense. But, of course, they billed $450,000 plus for that single-day surgery in New Jersey. Under the fee schedule, that exact same surgery was $55,000. So uh, $450,000 for one day or $55,000. Uh, I mean, it, it's clear why the doctors are sending them across the river. Uh, that case successfully thrown out uh, for and New Jersey uh, uh, should not get their usual and customary, and New Jersey's Workers' Compensation Court has no jurisdiction over it. So that's super powerful. This is great for us. Uh, last week we had 21 cases dismissed in one day uh, for lack of jurisdiction. That's great. That's a no-pay scenario. So this is really useful for our clients. All right. I hope uh, my explanation of this has been clear and useful. Uh, I'm hoping also there's some questions. Uh, we got some great questions this morning about the retroactive effect and what kind of cases this would apply to. But the answer is, even though this decision came out October 7th, uh, we believe that it's retroactively applied. So it should go to any case that's currently pending. Uh, cases that were pending before the date of this decision are going to be affected by this decision. Uh, and so 
you know, this is going to be really good for those of you who have a lot of uh, cases pending in other states disputing uh, that they didn't get paid enough for the medical care they provided uh, to your New York workers' compensation claimant. All right, let's come over here. I'm going to open up the questions box. I'm hoping there's some good questions from this afternoon group. We've got a smaller group this afternoon, and so far no questions. I'm hoping uh, maybe uh, people are typing them in while I speak. Um, if not, that's okay. Okay, maybe I explained this so well. I, I suspect not, though. Um, if you start thinking about your case population, start thinking about how many of these uh, are really going to be affected, it's going to be great for us. Uh, again, you should not be paying at all, not even a cent. Uh, we're the um, uh, New, New York claimant is getting care in New Jersey, and then that provider comes forward and demands uh, additional money. No need to settle those. Our advice would be um, sending them uh, filing a motion to dismiss. Okay, so I get a question here. Uh, Ms. McSee, she says, uh, can I send all of mine to your office? Will you get us all dismissals? All right, ha-ha, yeah, to be determined. Uh, funny. Ann says, uh, Greg, do you think the Supreme Court will grant certification? Okay, so great question. So uh, when we moved for dismissal, first I was a nice guy, and I contacted our silly-hearted adversaries, and I said, hello, silly-hearted adversaries. We now have this wonderful appellate-level decision. Unfortunately, all of your extraterritorial cases need to be dismissed immediately. I'm going to be a nice guy and allow you to voluntarily dismiss them. And they came back and they said, ho, 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 Mr. Lois, not so fast. We intend on going to the Supreme Court of New Jersey to have them uh, decide this. Uh, first, uh, no, I, it doesn't matter. I, I, no, they shouldn't grant cert because it's so obvious. And this is what we've been arguing for years. My opinion, uh, there is like no doubt uh, that New Jersey lacks jurisdiction over these cases whatsoever. Our argument has been the same for five years. I feel very strongly about that. Two, I think they'd be very foolish to go to the Supreme Court looking at the things that the appellate division told the appellant in their brief saying things like, you're rude towards the court, and uh, we don't like uh, the way you characterize the judge's opinions. I mean, it, so, you know, judges don't like to be insulted, and I feel like they were very insulted. They also dismissed out of hand all the silly-hearted uh, constitutional arguments that were made by um, applicants' counsel or appellants' counsel. I mean, these things about how due process, cause, and all the other nonsense that they filled up their brief with, that's all been thrown out. So I'm not really uh, impressed by it. I was also told uh, by opposing counsel that they were going to go get some kind of um, stay. And, you know, we, my, my New Jersey team and I, we kind of put our heads together. And we're like, there's no, absolutely no grounds for a stay to be instituted in these cases. Uh, not only does the chief judge not have the authority to do so, but they should not do so. And so I'm not super concerned about the Supreme Court granting certification. Um, all right. Doreen was asked the question. Hi, Greg. We lost a case one time where the claimant was hurt in New York and moved to North Carolina. It was a cancer case and it was very expensive. Okay, so when that happens, uh, I would be relying still on the fee schedule. And Doreen, I don't know from reading your question where that was litigated, whether that was located in North Carolina or in New York. You know, the New York Workers' Compensation Board still can grant more than the fee schedule to an out-of-state claimant who resides out-of-state or gets treatment out-of-state. But it's got to be uh, relatively reasonable and in my experience, it's been really close to the fee schedule. So in general, that's what I would be advising clients to do. Uh, Anne says, uh, Greg, is anyone seeking to have the appellate decision published? Man, I am. I'd love to have that thing published. I actually don't, uh, not so worried that it's unpublished because I think it's such a clear decision. There's no sneaking around it. Um, and we've also seen, Anne, just so you know, 
uh, some judges being very receptive to this and looking at this as an opportunity to dismiss cases and dismissing huge numbers of them. Again, last week, just in one court, we had 21 dismissed uh, by a judge that's probably very well known to you. Uh, I think they're very happy to get this uh, thrown back. Uh, Sandra asks, Greg, are providers aware of this decision? Will this cut down on how many they send across the river and therefore cut back on medical provider claims? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think that they're going to be made aware very quickly. Uh, you know, I don't know how the, um, uh, the attorneys that represent medical providers are being compensated for these claims, whether or not they're buying the debt and then using that to as basis for filing their claim, what standing they have. Uh, one of the issues that uh, my co-author Rick and I have always been considering is um, in, a, in a workers' compensation case, the fees for a attorney, uh, a claimant's attorney, an applicant's attorney, a petitioner's attorney, need to be set by the judge of compensation. You, know, you can't set a separate fee or a different type of fee uh, with your client. But in these cases, they aren't being awarded fees. It seems like they're getting a percentage of whatever they were recovering on behalf of their clients. So there's all sorts of problems already, I believe, with these types of representations. And I have no idea how they're recruiting or educating uh, or communicating with their clients. But hopefully this will wake these clients up that, hey, you shouldn't be doing this nonsense. Again, Brooklyn resident, Brooklyn injury, New York workers' compensation case. Why would you send somebody across a river into New Jersey to go to Jersey City to get your four-level fusion? I mean, just the complications involved with that are just so ridiculous. It should not be done. It should never have been done. It was always wrong, and I'm glad that this decision came out this way. And Anne throws out a fact here, and she says, Greg, uh, let everybody know that 22% of all the claims filed in the New Jersey court in 2019 were medical provider claims. And that tracks pretty much with, I think, what was on one of my first slides where I said about 20%. So it's a huge percentage, and it is a huge pile of them. Uh, I'm just very happy uh, they, that uh, the, uh, my clients will start to see a reduction in their exposure. And Ann says, Greg, uh, let everybody know they do this because the doctors all own shares in the surgical centers. Yeah, that's right. Uh, all these ambulatory surgical centers, and really, to be entertained even more, there's only about eight or nine or ten of them that I think probably make up the bulk of the filings in New Jersey. Um, but yeah, they're doing it because the doctors are directly benefiting from uh, this game. Uh, and I can also tell you in my New York workers' comp cases, uh, we have stories and have record, medical records in which the claimant is being put in a limo, a limousine to take them across the river into New Jersey to get their surgery there or get their invasive treatment there. And the reason they're doing why why someone's spending hundreds of dollars to put their claimants in limousines is because they know I'm now going to go charge 10 times what I'm getting paid under my New York fee schedule for this exact same treatment. So uh, thank you very much for everybody with your questions, Drain and, um, uh, and uh, Sandra. Thanks for these good questions and for the comments. All right, everybody, I hope you have a great week. It was a pleasure bringing you some good news for once, and uh, I'll be in touch. So see you next time. Bye.